Welcome back. Today, I want to discuss or encourage you to deal with yourself. Now, I know there are many ways and levels to accomplishing this. First, let's discuss ways you can go about, you know, dealing with you and what that actually means. So, you can deal with yourself by basically, you know, focus on your feelings, your emotions, and how what you may be thinking or how you may be feeling may be positively or negatively impacting your life in that moment. Um, you want to make sure that you are doing this in a manner that allows you to grow and become better and not stagnant. Like you want to be honest uh, um, with yourself and you want to be honest, but you also want to be firm and you want to be um realistic and you want to be real with you like if you can't be 100 and honest and all that stuff with yourself you really can't expect to really give that honesty to other people like if you can't keep it real with you you can't keep it real with people um with someone else and you know things like that so you have to make sure that you're being upfront real totally honest with yourself um So you want to look at your surroundings and assess your decisions and different things that have happened that have led you to where you are, your current state. Um, When dealing with yourself, it is not the time to point the finger at someone else. It's not the time to do the blame game. It's not the time to say, well, this person did this to me and this person did that to me. You know, and that's not to say that what someone might have done to you did not add to your current state it's just to say that in this moment when you are dealing with you you can't be concerned about that like that's not what you're thinking about that's not where your mind needs to be your mind needs to be focused on what you did that um contributed to your emotional state it's strictly for you to analyze you and your actions so if I can have a transparent moment Um, I learned this process while dealing with the effects of getting divorced. Now, I am not a licensed psychologist or a therapist or anything like that. I'm simply here to share my life and certain portions of my life to try to help whoever listens to this podcast understand that normal people, you know, everybody has issues, everybody has a you know, something, and we all have something we have to struggle through, we all have something we have to overcome, but it is possible, so that's um, strictly where this comes from, like I said, I'm not a psychiatrist or whatever, but while, excuse me, while going through this, while going through my uh, divorce, it was easy, you know, for me to say, well, he did this wrong, or he didn't want to do this, he didn't want to fix this, he didn't want to work on this, you know, I could have easily just pointed the finger at him, um, but I had to sit back and think of what I, what I did on my end to contribute to the downfall and things of that nature. Now, again, that does not mean that that lets him off the hook for what he did actually do to contribute. It just helped me realize where I could have done things different or things that I did that um, added to it. Um, So in no means, no way am I saying 
he wasn't quote unquote wrong in this situation. I'm just saying that I had to look at myself um, and go through it that way. So it simply kind of frees you from being a victim of what someone did to you. It frees you and allows you to become victorious and conquer the issues it has created in your life. So there's always something that a, a positive or negative re- a repercussion to decisions and actions that have occurred. And um, di- getting divorced for me had a lot of negative uh, uh, reactions at first, at least for me. I was devastated, um, broken, all these different things that I had to figure out and deal with. And with, you know, turning the lens off of what he did and turning the lens onto me, I was able to realize that um, I was so focused on trying to fix the situation. I was losing who I was. So I was so focused on trying to make the marriage work and, you know, save my family and save my marriage so my daughter could, you know, have both of her parents, not to mention how I feel or felt or whatever about him, you know, just wanting my family and wanting the relationship to work so my daughter would always have her mom, her dad. We both grew up in households with both of our parents and I have friends who grew up in households without both parents and just some of the stories and some of the things that they went through and how they felt about about not having either one parent or the other parent not there. I never wanted my child to have that as her story. So I put a lot of pressure kind of on myself in a sense to try to fix it and to try to make it better. But in that process, I just kind of lost who I was and lost a sense of myself. Um, And I was so consumed with trying to make it work that I wasn't, I was losing my happiness and joy. And instead of taking a step back on my own, um, having to go through the divorce kind of forced me to take a step back and let go of my consumption with the situation of trying to really fix it. Um, Just to see that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And honestly, that had nothing to do with him. I, you know, was dealing with a lot in though in that time that I wasn't really um, talking about. Um, I had to face a lot of things that being married allowed me to kind of hide. Um, I could hide behind being married um, because I learned to find peace and comfort in the fact that I have my husband and I have my daughter, and that was in my eyes. All I needed in that moment to be okay. I didn't really, you know, I was still aspiring to do things on personal levels and, you know, get, I was getting my degree and still trying to do different things. But as far as just being okay, I, I, I hid behind the fact that I was married and I had my baby and I had my husband and I had my daughter and I was good. I never, um, dealt with certain things that were happening. So when I got pregnant and after I had my daughter, I faced postpartum. I had postpartum depression. And instead of being smart about it and talking about it or, you know, saying that I'm dealing with this or saying that I'm dealing with that, I learned how to kind of cope with it on my own. Like, 
I never told my husband I had it. I never told my family I had it. Um, I learned um, how to, you know, just isolate myself in a sense so that if I was having a moment or going through something, I didn't really have to um, show anyone. Like, no one had to be present to see it. You never had to... um, You know, I could put on the mask, quote unquote, and just go out when I wanted to and be good and come back. And it it was easy to do only because I still had like, we got married and then there was like this five month period where um, I was still finishing my undergrad degree and he was in the military. So we didn't live in the same place. We lived apart from each other. So I think we saw each other once a month. And, of course, we talked every day, FaceTimed all the time. But it was easy to just be super happy in the moments that we were there. And then when we would leave, um, whether he was leaving to go back to uh, where he was or I was leaving to come back to where I lived, um, that's when it would be, like, super down. And it would take me a long time to just kind of bounce back and be like, okay, it's okay, I'm going to get to see him again and you know, in two weeks. It was kind of like a every two-week thing. Like So it was easy to hide it, at least from him, and learn how to deal with it. So when I actually moved, it was something I didn't have to share. And unfortunately, that kind of backfired on me because I became different than what he was used to. I'm, I'm sure some of the ways, some of my mannerisms, some of, you know, different things were a little bit different. I became way more self-conscious, um, you know, just different things that I was dealing with that I never thought I would actually have to share with him. Like, again, I became very confident and comfortable in the fact that I was married, I had my baby, I'm good. And then... Uh, when I was no longer had that security blanket, I had to deal with it because it's like I can't hide behind the fact that I have this. I have my husband and I have my baby because I don't have my husband. Yeah, I have my baby, but my husband wants out. And now I have to really like I had to face my reality and face what I was dealing with. So I didn't tell anyone, like I said, by the time I decided to talk about it, um, it was kind of too late, in a sense. It was kind of like, you know, <clears throat> too late. What can I say? So, yeah, so I dealt with the changes I was going through mentally, you know, just after having my baby. It wasn't just so much the postpartum. It was just so many things, you know, being a new parent and then moving away from my family, um, you know, a lot of different things. And by the time we actually got married, we had known each other uh, about 10 years. So while we had this, at least in my eyes, pretty good relationship, we talked about everything. I would have considered him my best friend. Um, There wasn't anything, which is weird because I didn't tell him about the depression, but that wasn't so much of in my eyes, I didn't want to add more stress to what was already on the table. You know, dealing with him a career change, going into the military, you know, becoming a dad, becoming a husband. That was a lot. And so on my end, I didn't want to share that. Like, I didn't want to add to his stress. I tried, at least in my mind, I felt like I was 
not contributing to his stress by adding that or letting him know, hey, look, by the way, (laughs) I'm one of the few women that got postpartum when they had a baby. So I didn't want to add to the stress he already had. Um, In my mind, I was being helpful. In reality, maybe not so much. So again, if you're a family member and you're listening to this podcast, I am not absolving him of the decisions that he made to do the things that he did. All I'm saying is this is from what I dealt with and what I had to deal when it comes and and face in myself as a result of the situation and what I was no longer able to hide behind as a result of the situation. So, um, to continue, um, I also had to deal with certain things from my childhood that I felt getting married and finally finding someone to love me forever and be there forever um, because in my eyes that's how it worked. I mean my parents have been married almost 40 years and you know they've had their ups they've had their downs but they found a way to make it work. So for me marriage was like this lifelong thing you battle through it you figure it out you make it work. It's not always pretty you don't always like the person you're with, you know, you have your moments, but you can figure it out. I've, I've seen my parents kind of figure it out. I've seen them work through it. It wasn't, you know, marriage isn't always great, but it's part of all relationships. They have their ups, they have their downs. Anyway, so I had to deal with, you know, being, I went back to actually deal with being molested as a child. It wasn't something that at four, you really think to how to deal with that. Like, you don't really know how to process what's just happened to you. You know whatever happened is wrong, but you don't really know how to process that. And I think as I got older, I just learned to not talk about it, for one. And then by not talking about it, you kind of suppress how it makes you feel or the issues that come along with it. You know, you kind of suppress that. And I had to deal with that because I didn't realize that it was affecting me as a parent. Like, I was very protective of my child because I didn't want her to go through it either. And that's another reason, like, I was, you know, getting divorced bothers me because I don't want, you know, you hear all the stories of women who date men and the man seems amazing and then they mess with their kid. And I, I'll go to jail myself no lies if someone messes with my child like I just that's just not something I ever wanted to have to think about or worry about um because as a kid that wasn't something I thought about and you know and even with my mom like her story it's not something you know she ever wanted me to deal with or go through and it's just like you know I just didn't want to have to you know I didn't want my daughter to deal with those those emotions and those those feelings and those pains as well. So it was, you know, it was a big deal for me. Um, I also had to go back and deal with the fact that, you know, how I was treated growing up as a kid in school and, you know, being bullied and just called names for no reason and being picked on for no reason. And it's difficult. Like, you get older and you think it's so minimal and it really doesn't matter. 
But if you think about it and you look at our society and how many kids are are committing suicide because they're being bullied and how many kids are, you know, just running away or doing different things or acting out or getting hooked on drugs and stuff just to cope with being bullied. So it's, you know, it was difficult. I just, I don't know, I learned how to not care, I guess. I'm probably lying. It was hard. Um, it was really hard um, for me anyway, because at that age, eight, nine, ten, all you want are friends. You just want friends. And I, I know I had like my core group of friends, but I just wanted people to like me. There's a part of me that really just wants people to like me, but I just wanted friends. And so it was funny. I said something to my mom. And my mom said, well, you had an amazing life. You know, you might have got picked on as a kid, but you had a great life. And I said, from your perspective, yes. But from my perspective, my childhood was hell. And it wasn't hell because you and my dad did anything. You guys were awesome parents. You made sure we had what we needed. You know, we had fun times. We did things. You know, you guys took amazing care of us. But as far as my social side and just trying to navigate being a kid, oh, I didn't like that. It was hell. For me, I would love to go back and redo my childhood and make it all nice and great or just never have to deal with it. Like, from kindergarten to ninth grade, if I could just erase all those years, I would love to. So, But I can't. It's, It's made me who I am today, and I'm grateful for the experience now that I was able to go through and deal with myself and and learn from it and and take what I needed from the experiences and throw away what I didn't so in the sake of time and not going too far in but just I really had to go back and just address certain situations and when I had when I went to counseling or therapy after you know in the process of the divorce and stuff like that um you know, my counselor was asking me questions and it just made me realize and think on myself. I don't spend a lot of time on myself and thinking about me and doing things for me. I spend a lot more time trying to make other people happy and make sure that other people are okay and that I can lend myself and help other people however I can. And in that process, I learned to not deal with who I am or worry about me. Especially when my daughter came, my life became about her after separation and divorce. So it 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 wasn't it was something I really had to do. It's not something that comes naturally to me. Like I don't wake up every morning thinking about myself and, you know, trying to um um uplift myself. I, I don't that's not, and I know that might seem weird, but I'm I'm usually thinking about how I, can I help someone or how can I do this or how can I do something else for others. I'm not really ever thinking about myself. So um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the, the, the veil of my marriage to hide behind. I didn't have the, the fact that I was married and a mom uh, to make me happy. I now have to figure out my own happiness and not rely on on my relationship for it. And I learned that that wasn't, my relationship shouldn't have made me happy or not. It should have added to what I was already doing. And so here I am, 
you know, today, once, you know, divorce, once, now that I'm divorced, you know, I had no choice but to remove the mask and confront every fear um, that I was able to hide behind in my marriage. Like I just said, I had to take ownership of my happiness and realize that wasn't, you know, his job. And I realize now that I may have put pressure on him that I didn't realize, like, in trying to be helpful and you know, not say, okay, on top of all this stuff, new parents, you know, new job, um, moving away from our families, you know, kind of being out in this state by ourselves and having a new baby and being getting married all on top of that, all within like a four month period. Um, I also have this issue, like not realizing that not telling him that, I don't know if that would have made it worse or if it would have made things make more sense a little bit. But it definitely added, you know, in the long run, I could see how maybe it added to the, the, the situation instead of helping it like I thought it would. But, you know, so I really had to just take ownership of my own happiness and make sure that I wasn't relying on something in my life to make me happy, but to just generate that on my own. Like, I don't, I, I can't depend on whoever's, whoever I'm dating or married to or whatever, or my daughter or my family or my friends, like I have to just find that happiness within myself and, you know, take the time to deal with who I am. And, you know, with dealing with certain things from my past and, 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 you know, dealing with the, my body after having a kid, (laughs) you know, I was able to get to a place where I am happy by myself literally I'm you know not in a relationship you know it is me and my daughter and I just can wake up every morning and find a joy in it without having to attach it to my relationship my job or something I'm able to just attach it to the fact that you know I got to see another day it might not be the best day it might not have been that great but I I was blessed to see it someone wasn't so um, dealing with yourself is not easy. Um, my divorce went through about a year ago. And if I'm honest, I'm still dealing to this day. Like, there's still things that I have to deal with. There's still parts of the situation. I know you're probably like, girl, it's been a year. But um, for me, it wasn't... It, it's not so much the time. It's just, you know... Love doesn't have an on and off switch, so you can't just turn off how you feel and, you know, whatever. You have to kind of go through a process. It Love has no on and off switch, and so you can't just be like, oh, okay, well, I'm good. You good? Okay, well, I'm good. I'm going about my business. People can say that, and that sounds well and good, but if you really loved that person and you were really, you know, in the relationship like you were in it like I said before I marriage to me is like a life thing like my parents have been married almost 40 years like that was my thing like I would have fought all day to make sure it worked I would have you know tried counseling we could have tried any I, I was just that was me and so it's like I have to just deal and yeah it's not it hasn't been an easy thing for me but hey I'm here and I'm you know I've made it far enough to be able to share my story without worrying about what you're going to think about it when you hear it. So hopefully 
my honesty and my ability to just be truthful and real about where I am and what I have, you know, have to deal with will help you the same way. Um, it's just a matter of just being honest with who you, with yourself about where you are. Um, but you still have to be sensitive um, to your feelings. Like, you can't sit up here and, like, be like, girl, you stupid, you're this or that. No, you have to do it. Even when you deal with yourself, you have to attach love to it. Like, you have to just... Man, you could have did this a little bit better. You know, over here you could have, you know, maybe you you shouldn't have said something the way you said it. Like, there's just ways. Just like there's ways to talk to other people, there's ways to talk to yourself. There's ways to think about yourself that are better than others. And it's just, you know, you just have to be willing to really be honest and really be open because again you can't expect to have good relationships with other people if you don't even have a good relationship with yourself like and I learned that as you know before I had my daughter and you know before different things happened like I was able to have good relationships with people I was okay like I was fine it it, you know I was I had gotten to a space where I was okay enough in my past and things didn't bother me um, I could have a great relationship. I didn't really need my husband um, to make me happy. I was just good. Like, whether we hung out or not, whether I was with him or not, I was still good. And then after having her and dealing with the depression and dealing with how, you know, different things, it, it made life a little different for me. And so you just have to really really get to a place where you're just good like with yourself before you can cultivate relationships with other people and you may have good relationships with other people but how long those relationships will last the ups and the downs you'll face in those relationships can all be dependent on how you feel about you and how you know you tolerate yourself and what you tell yourself and what you think about yourself if you don't have a high outlook of yourself you really can't expect other people to have a high outlook of you like if your self-esteem is low then you can't really expect someone else to just hold you on a pedestal and you know again speaking from experience I deal with or have dealt with and sometimes still struggle with self-esteem issues and I can't expect people to think the world of me if I can't think the world of myself you you just you can't you I mean you could hope that they will but to be real about it, it you know you just have to it has to start with you first and then go out to the world and after a while you'll you'll run on fumes and I learned this as well giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and not giving anything back to yourself or keeping anything for yourself or doing anything for yourself will run you thin and before you know it you'll be running on empty and you'll be somewhere crazy or somewhere sick or somewhere bitter and angry because you've done so much for so many people and no one or you feel like no one's done anything for you or no one thought about you but at the same time you didn't even think about you like you have to make sure that you are just taking that time out to in every day just to say, okay, how was the day? What could I have done better? What do I need to work on? What did I do amazing today? If you have to think yourself through your day like that just to learn on a regular basis, then do that. If that helps you, then do that. 
What was a high point? What was a low point? Ooh, did you kill that outfit today? Like, you know, just different things like that. Like, you know, just whatever you can do to become better and, and, and think better and, and grow. That's that's what it's about is growth. So, sorry, hopefully this isn't too long for you guys. But I just wanted to share as much as I could to help hopefully drive the point home and to make sense. Um, just wanted to paint the picture enough um, give you enough context to the picture so that it would make sense and, you know, and be helpful. So once you're able to be honest with yourself about where you are and why, you can start to set adequate goals to move you down a better path to get where you want to be. You know, knowing what causes you problems allows you to set realistic goals and have realistic expectations for your future. You have to know what's, what can set you back, what will move you forward, positivity. And you can't be unrealistically positive. Like, you have to at least tell yourself, okay, you should have did this a little bit better. Okay, you know, you got to do that. But you got to do it with with love. You know, not with the negativity, but with love. So, yeah, it allows you to own your past, good, bad, and ugly, and use it to make you better um today and in the future so I hope I shared something in this that was helpful I hope that um aside from my story um that you're able to at least see how they all go together and trust me it's still an everyday thing for me um it's not an overnight thing. It's it's just like life. It's a journey. It's something that you have to do, but you have to start somewhere and you actually have to do it. Like it's not just going to happen. You have to do it and you have to consistently do it. And you know, the the more you deal with you and analyze yourself and and put that effort in, you'll you'll understand that the better you'll be later on for it. And you know, you may go through a period where, you know, you're by yourself or it's just you. And that's a good thing because that gives you space and time to really learn you and be comfortable with you and get to a place where you can then maybe be in another relationship and not allow that relationship to necessarily change you or affect you and make you second guess yourself or doubt yourself because you'll have an idea of who you are what you purpose to do what you call to do you know just focusing in on that isn't such a bad thing so again hopefully I've said something that helps you and until next time be blessed